0: Well, good morning. <laughs> so we, and those of you online, good morning. We're continuing the series uh, on discipleship, specifically the the five cups of discipleship. So I was excited on Thursday uh, when Keith asked me to, to share. I, discipleship is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. I'm a product of... Good discipleship um, some of you may know or may not know that i'm the reason we make the forty minute drop haul from Nashville down here is because Keith discipled me in college, and so um, just really you know love this this topic. One of the things that I love about it is that it's with discipleship is so essential for our spiritual growth, for getting free of um, sin and ungodly beliefs, and it's essential for marriage. And anyway, I I just love that when we are walking in discipling relationships, and I mean when we are discipling others and being discipled— only that we we can live every day with purpose. We can live the fullest life that we have, and so, um, you know, I'd love to just be one. I, one of the things that I again, one of the reasons I come to New River is because of Keith's heart and understanding for discipleship. I, I feel like the church as a whole loves to throw the word out. You know, we quote um, Jesus when he says, "Go therefore and make disciples." Um, of men, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them uh, the things of God. And so, but it's a topic I feel like we don't unpack, we don't equip or unpack the church with, um, you know, what does it mean to disciple people? And it's a little intimidating because of that. I think that we don't fully necessarily understand discipleship. I think that there can even be a hierarchy. I mean, the, the the model we see in Scripture with Jesus and his disciples is certainly Jesus is supreme and hierarchical. But I don't I don't feel like most discipleship relationships are that way. Um, and 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 so there's this intimidating thing of, you know, is it, if you want to if you feel called to discipleship, and I feel this same. Intimidation is is like, do I? How do you walk up to somebody and say, I'd like to start a discipleship relationship with you? I I feel like you need discipleship, and I can disciple. You know, it's just this awkward thing, and uh, and so one of the the parts of this, the five cups of discipleship, is just defining what it is. At, at its core, it's just simply taking the initiative to get with a few people and facilitate. The calling of each person up, including yourself it 's not necessarily, "Hey, come follow me um, i have I have said that to somebody before. I have asked other people if I could be discipled by them it 's not necessarily that there may be things that um, that you may be ahead of other people in, areas of growth that you may be stronger in, but um, I'll I'll say this from the the relationships that I have discipled, I've gotten just as much from them as they've given to me. One of the, so throwback to college days here. One of the guys that I discipled, I was in this um, relationship for a long time and it was pure, it was um, not godly, it was physically pure, but uh, there came a time where I knew that I was not to, it it was, we were not going to be getting married. (laughs) And I was, she was struggling with some emotional stuff and I was staying in this relationship for months after it was like very clear that, and one of the guys that, I mean, he's the only guy I've ever said, I would like to disciple you because I saw hunger in him, but there was no discipline and no, you know, knowledge of how to walk with the Lord. Uh, his name was Parker. And uh, I'm sharing, you know, at our kind of small group, and Parker looks at me and he goes, he goes, hey man, it sounds to me like you think that you're a better protector of Christina than, than God is. Why don't you just release her too? And I walked away, that, cha- that word from a guy that I was mentoring and discipling changed my life and uh, it's happened time and time and time again, um, the end of that relationship. That, I went home and called her. We broke up, and, you know, I thought I was going to send her into a tailspin, and two months later, she was in a better place than she'd been the whole year before. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm not as good at taking care of people as he is, that's for sure. Um, So one of the things that, the the other thing about that, just entering into a discipleship relationship that I just want to kind of kill is this, that the the whole hierarchical, or is it going to sound prideful? If the Lord is leading you to somebody, if, if he's got, if he's highlighted somebody in your life that you see a hunger and a connection with, I'm telling you, pause that thought, I'll come back to it. How many of you have ever in your life seen somebody that you wanted to walk with and emulate and wanted a mentor in any capacity, spiritually? Can I get a show of hands? So that is me all the time. And that's 90% of people. There's like, it may be even higher than that, but there are those people who don't want any input from anybody. and and uh, But those typically aren't going to be the people you're drawn to anyway. So um, if you feel that that input, how um, just imagine somebody that you saw that way, imagine them coming to you and saying, "Hey, can I spend some time i 'd love to spend some regular time with you you know i 'd love to uh, take you to coffee or whatever Anytime, if, if you can the, the joy and excitement and encouragement you would feel from that is exactly what people will feel if if you engage in them with them so Uh, One last thing, there's no one unqualified, no follower of Jesus unqualified to disciple. Uh, You know, Jesus's command is go therefore and make disciples. Well, one of the parts of being a disciple is discipling others. And you've got stories in scripture of people getting saved, getting baptized, hearts changed and going and immediately and part of what Todd is sharing here in this church in the Middle East and the church in China—that it's that they, a lot of these people don't even have Bibles. They, you know, there are moves of God going on in places where there's not a Bible in their language, and it's 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 because uh, you know the again the Lord is building His church, and so there's not anyone if you if you feel disqualified because you haven't walked with the Lord long or anything like that. There's no one who's disqualified. Uh, from doing it, so I learned about the five cups of discipleship on Thursday. Uh, so, but one of the things that I love about it and loved in doing it is it's just a framework. It's not this isn't like how you disciple people one oh one. It's not a it's not a training. It's not it's just a framework to allow us to grow in our ability to disciple. And I, it's also a framework in like as I was going through it I was just challenged to my core going, "Oh man, yes, I want to we I'd love to grow in all these areas. There's so many places where I can where I can I can grow." So that that's what the the five cups of discipleship is just a framework to if you've got those people that the Lord is highlighting in your life to hang out with, uh, this gives you kind of a template of, of topics to talk about um, that we all need to grow in. So last week, Keith went over the Character Cup and the Faith Cup, um, and so this week, we're going to do our best to get through the Relationship Cup, the Finances Cup, and the Ministry Cup. And... Um, I have to believe my own words that there's nobody unqualified to talk about (laughs) that. I'm not actually teaching on these things. We're just talking about the points. So, anyway, um, the relationship cup. In a nutshell, your maturity is measured by your relationships. So, questions to ask yourself Do you understand what it takes to be a good friend? A good husband? A good wife? Are you experiencing good relationships, parents, children? How are you dealing with your family relationships, your, your romantic relationships? Our goal is to freely interact in a wide variety of relationships. It could be said that the reason Jesus came to this earth, and I believe it's true, is to restore relationship to restore relationship between us and the father first to restore relationship between us and each other and to restore relationship between us and ourselves. And, um, i there's, so I'm in the season of two girls under two and a half. And so we read every night when we tuck them in, um, the Jesus storybook. I don't remember what it's called, actually. We call it the secret rescue plan because every, every story, it's just, it's the Bible for kids with good pictures and story. Every story is like, uh, they, they reference the rescue plan that God had. And so I'm gonna read just an, a couple of excerpts from that. But this is, the context is Adam and Eve came into sin and a terrible pain came into God's heart. His children hadn't, bro- hadn't just broken the one rule. They had broken, they hadn't just broken the one rule. They had broken God's heart. They had broken their wonderful relationship with him and, he, and now he knew everything else would break. God sends them away. And in many stories, that would be the end, but not this story. God loved his children so much, too much to let the story in there. Even though he knew he would suffer, God had a plan, a magnificent dream. Before they left the garden, God whispered a promise to Adam and Eve. It will not always be so. I will come and rescue you. And when I do, I'm gonna do battle against that snake. I'll get rid of sin and darkness and sadness and the sadness that you let in here. I'm coming back for you. I get choked up sometimes. Like I'm reading this little book Sometimes, and my girl's like, hey, daddy, keep reading. And I'm like, sorry, just, I'm having a moment. <laughs> Jesus is telling the storm to be still, and I am like <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> so, some, yeah, anyway. Um, God wants relationship with us. And, um, and so and he, wants, he also came to restore relationship between people. Scripture has a ton to speak about relationships, marriage relationships, children relationships, parents relationships, foreigners and immigrants and enemies and leadership and strangers. And when we deal with these topics, what's amazing is you're, you're I love the, the part of the curriculum says, in a nutshell, your maturity can be measured by the relationships you have. you your health, your emotional health can be measured by the relationships you have. Um, when when it, it, Emily and I had Elisha, she was probably two months old. And the backstory, my upbringing, I had phenomenal parents. I mean, phenomenal parents, and a very angry abusive father. And I uh, he's a he's a man of God, but he didn't know how to deal with his anger and we so we were removed from the house all the kids were removed from the house for different seasons and um and I had a major anger problem all the way up to college. And the Lord in his great mercy delivered me and there's a longer story to that but it was it was, a, it was a very, I'd been praying and asking. I knew that I would, had this anger, this like rage problem. Don't ask me to do something twice. I heard you the first time. You know, the need to be right all the time. This, this you know, and I got delivered. Thank the Lord. And then I had a child And I couldn't fix her problems. And she would cry after we fed her and wiped her and changed her. And something was coming. And we weren't sleeping. And I was a new dad. And Emily's emotions were going crazy. And I thought this, it was like, I thought this thing got dealt with. And this monster was coming up in me. And so I called Keith. And we went to Meredith's. And is it Meredith? I think it's Meredith's The bakery? Yeah, been a while. Uh, That may be the last time I went, two 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 and a half years ago. And um, man, just was like, this is what's going on. This is, and... And I think that I've, you know, I've got these unhealed places. And Keith is, yes, you do have unhealed places, but the good news is it's kind of normal, you know, and just getting to meet with it. And that is what discipleship is. Meet and get truth spoken to me. Because I was saying this monster is inside of me and it's coming out again. And Keith was able to go, hey, let me tell you, some of that is just normal and uh, I don't, you know, but let's deal with the issues of your heart that that are bringing some of this stuff out. And guess what? It went away. I, I was able, we, we worked through it. And baby number two did not have the same story. So praise God. <laughs> but that's discipleship. Uh, if you've got, you know, when you're, when you're talking to people, just practice, there's questions that you can ask each other. I, I heard something, I remember this C12 group, which is like a, a CEO, like leadership thing, uh, I am unqualified for that. I have fewer employees than you're supposed to have and all that kind of stuff. But, I would, but on Wednesday, we were there, the message, um, there was a video that we watched and this guy said that um, the Amazing Grace guy, not the guy who wrote the song, the guy who helped deliver in slavery. What was that? Who is that? In England. Do we remember? Amazing Grace. Anyway, that guy. If you, he, he used to spend his evenings um, praying and asking the Lord how he should conversate with people. So he would ask the Lord, tell me, is there any conversations you want me to have with people? And they say that he was one of the best at getting, people, getting into people's hearts because he would ask good questions. He would listen to what they say. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm tired. I'm tired. Rather than be like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm tired too. Ask another question. Get to the places of the heart, and you can realize, people will show you their, their gold, and you can deal with real issues. Not everybody's as transparent as, as some. And so, anyway, um, and then I'll, I'll just briefly touch on, just to move along, because I am taking a lot longer than I thought I would in all this, but uh, the relationship to self. Uh, Hebrews 10.35, it's my life verse. I love it. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Keep doing what God has called you to do so that as you've done the will of God, you receive everything he promised you. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous ones will stand by faith. And if you shrink back, I won't be pleased with you, but you are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. You are of those who believe and are saved. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Romans twelve three. do not think more of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has given you. Um, I love that verse. We, we ought, the bottom line is God came to restore relationships. We all have value. We need to relate to other people based on the value that they have. In a godly and healthy way, this will bring us maturity and life, and um, and frankly, you know, when you when you when you're dealing with these types of things, you, there's this invitation. Even this message series that we've been on, there's this invitation to walk in the fruit of the spirit and not the flesh. And I'll tell you right now, 2020, I walked all in the flesh. In the, I, I was angry. I was divisive. I believed. Uh, at times, conspiracy theory things, and they may be true, <laughs> and all that. But but at the end of the day, all of that. When when we get wound up in that stuff, we are walking in the fruit of the flesh. And when you're walking in discipling relationships and dealing with these things, and 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 asking about how your relationships are and how you're, then. Uh, you get to all this stuff gets to come to the surface, and you can walk in the freedom of this and the fruit of the Spirit. And I'll tell you, the last few weeks, I had the blessing of COVID at the beginning of January, so I was quarantining, and uh, and during that quarantine, it was the most rich time of my. Life. I mean, I was sick, but it was such a rich time of reflecting and reading over old journals and, and reminding myself um, about the what is really important in life and and frankly growing my business is not m- my ultimate call only in that it equips me to grow other communities and and healthy you know in- entities relationships and all of that and so um i don't know why i went off on that uh, i do know why i went off on that I, there's been in the middle of all the chaos that's been going on I've been bathed in this, in the fruit of the Holy Spirit again, and I'm walking, and, and when when we walk with each other in discipling relationships, again, discipleship being not a hierarchical thing, just being willing to take the initiative to, to do go deeper in your relationship and deal with these issues. Um, this the peace that I've felt in the last two weeks, and kind of a little bit of the I don't care what the you know we I've been off of social media and off of uh, n- not reading news. I that was that was a cool quote that Todd mentioned or story he mentioned about Smith Wigglesworth. Just a few days ago, I was like, felt like the Lord asked me a question: What what if you got your news just from like me? What if what if you just ask me what I'm doing in the world, and that was your barometer. I don't. I'll let you know how it goes in a few weeks. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't tried. I've tried it. I haven't really gotten any clarity on it yet. But it, but it would be cool. <laughs> so uh, anyway, finances. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew six twenty one. Money is the, mo- is the third most taught subject by Jesus. How we spend or save our money reveals much about our relationships with God and how we view God. Learning to allow God to have control over our money is a key step in our growth as a disciple of Jesus. I love this. You know, money's, it's kind of like politics. You're not supposed to talk about it, right? But that's, that's like a man saying, that's not the Lord. I mean, the Lord talks about money and getting into it with, with people like, first of all, I can tell you that there are people in this room I can learn from about stewardship with money. Um, And I need that. And, and so, you know, I, at least as far as it is with me, I hope it's not a, we can't talk about it subject. Um, But it is something, it's, it's a major, if Jesus talked about it more than most other things, it's an issue close to his heart. Um, the love of money is, a top, is one of the things. So there's there, kind of how the curriculum goes is you've got the five cups and then there's some major points to, within those cups to talk about. And the, the ones under finances are the love of money, giving and generosity and stewardship. So we'll touch on each of them. How we deal with money is a direct reflection of the heart. We need to have a realistic picture of how we spend and save. A wise person said that if you want to know where your treasure, where your heart is, just keep records of where you spend your money during one month. So asking questions like, how, you know, do you know how much money you spend on eating out, on movies, materialistic things? Um, Emily and I are discussing right now how open-handed we are really about the stuff that we have. Um, we've had testimonies of radical giving in the past and radical and it's not and, you know it's not just money uh it can be stuff but you know is is if if i really believed that my vehicles were the lord's you know then would i even am i open to hearing him say something about that would you give a car away would you give up something away you know um and the the We've been having this discussion and just kind of realizing, man, we need, like, five years ago, we were, like, didn't have any money at all, didn't have, we were dipping like $900 into savings every month, um, you know, I was, I was making $1,450 a month, and my rent was 750 and it was, you know, you just do the math, you can't, you can't really live a Thriving, but the Lord told us then, if you learn to, if you can't give when you're poor, you won't be able to give when you're rich. And at the time, it was really easy for us to give, it because we didn't have anything, nothing of worth at least. And so, what's been crazy is as we've grown in this business, it's become more difficult. It's not easier. And so, the whole myth of thinking that if I just had more, I could give more kill it. It's not, (laughs) it's just not, it's not true. Um, So dealing with those things, uh, giving and generosity. Do you give generously? Do you tithe? Tithing and giving, different things. Do you believe you'll reap what you sow? Do you believe that God will blow open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing for you until you, I mean, wait, pour out blessing Pour out blessing. Yeah, I think that's it. I, 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 I mistyped something, but anyway. There's, there's a, you know, if you believe that, if you believe that, and if you believe that you're robbing God when you tithe, because it's his anyway, then you would do it whether you felt like you had it or not. And when you, when you again, how, there are so many people in, in the church who don't understand that, and it's not a legalistic religious thing. It's a life-giving thing. We, when we were in that financial situation that we were in, we both entered our marriage with savings. We knew, we realized we have to tithe in January for the whole year because we're not ever going to have enough to tithe. We, we will, so, so we did that. Now, my point in saying that is not to be like, oh yeah, it's, it is hard, but guess what? We always had enough. The Lord, the Lord, we would have yard sales. People would donate stuff for us to have yard sales and we'd make like two months expenses in one yard sale. It was so great. But the Lord, the Lord gave, the Lord, uh, he, he brought, I, I've got one story I'll share briefly that about this. And I, I share this. So part of, again, discipleship, we overcome by the word, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. When we hear testimony, it's like it's encouraging and it stirs up faith. So, if you if I'm sharing any stories, it's really just to keep people engaged and because people like stories and I like stories too. Uh, but but it's also testimony. And I just there there was a time in college again. Keith was discipling me and. I lived in a, a house with a bunch of guys who were just like going for it all the way. I knew that I was going to be moving up to Tennessee to work with Caleb Global. Actually, um, this was January 2010. I knew I was going to be raising support, and I had—I uh, was still in school, and I was mowing yards, and I had four thousand and like two hundred or something dollars in the in account. Um, and I was at this, this service and just asking the Lord, what did he want, wanting him to speak about my move to missions. And, and I was asking him also, hey, Lord, would you give me $10,000 somehow? Like, would you let me have $10,000 by the time I move to Nashville so that I have a runway while I'm raising support? And... Um, See, crying out to the Lord at this conference and I just get this inkling like, give to Byron, your roommate. And I was like, no, that's not the Lord, you know. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I was already doing the math and I was like, if I keep mowing yards like this and then I, and, and I have a couple things land right, I'll be able to have that 10,000 in June. And, and so, but I just kind of kept feeling it. So I go to some, people that I was walking with, and I just said, can we just, like, can, I just need to know if this is if this is right. And so, anyway, uh, the short story is, there's a long one, the short story is, I went home, and I cut a check, I hid it in his dresser drawer, and I wrote a letter on his door, and I said, I want you to, like, I'll still pay my portion of the utilities, I'll still, you know, I still, like, this is just the Lord, I feel like the Lord wants to this investment to you, I knew you had a bunch of debt, this investment to you is going to m- impact the nations. And, and, and I knew it would, I really believed it. And so write the check and I leave, I go play tennis with a friend and uh, I get a call from another friend who was a student in the Air Force Academy who knew people knew I was going to be going to Caleb and knew that I was going to be raising sport And I get a call. I don't answer it because I'm just like kind of in the clouds like, man, that's so cool. That was so radical. The check was $4,000. It was almost everything that we had and that I had. And and I was just like in this place of like, man, Lord, following you, like now you have to show up. If you're going to do answer that prayer I have, you have to show up. So I didn't answer the call. The he was calling to tell me that he and his wife felt like they were supposed to start tithing to us, which was like $700 a month. And then, uh, and then I go on, I think it was like two days later I went on a trip and I was speaking at this little breakout session and they raised a a thing, you know, did a, a raise, you know, Put a hat on the ground, type thing, you know, whatever, pass the bucket for me. And uh, had a super kind of divine appointment in the airport on the way back where I ran into my cousin who is an NFL football player. And he, he hands me, does the, the holy handshake thing, hands me a check for $4,000. Like, this is all within seven days of of each other. Hands me a check for $4,000. No idea of what's going... Like, what's happened. Uh, and... Anyway, there was a series of circumstances. The the long the the, sh- the shortest version ever is we got here. I got here and found out from Caleb Global that there had been over ten thousand dollars contributed to my account without me sending a letter out asking for money. So, just the the Lord is good. He knows our needs. He's that's a anyway just when we walk with each other and get to hear stuff like this, it's fun. I needed to hear that myself just now because it's, (laughs) but so he's good. He's good. Stewardship, what is your attitude towards the money that you earn? Do you treat your material possessions as possessions or do you treat everything as a gift from God that must be managed well on behalf of the king? What would you change? What would change in what you do with your money if you really believed he owned it? stewardship involves, by the way, when we're talking about these things, it's not just giving, like, that's a cool story. But guess what? What's also a cool story? Investing in things that got, like investing in in investments that grow your money and allow you to have a level of financial freedom you didn't have. Uh, Buying insurance, because it's a good vehicle for protection. Like, the stewardship thing is not just a, 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 it's all, everything is spiritual. But, it, but sometimes we think when we talk about spiritual, it's void of insurance and investments and uh, paying taxes. Jesus talks about taxes. I don't like them any more than anybody else does. <laughs> so it is giving, saving, tithing, earning, protection, that's what a wise steward is going to keep all of this in mind and act on it. And, and we need each other and discipleship. I need discipleship and some of that to, to make sure we're, we're doing these things. Ministry. So we're on the last one. Ministry is another word for spiritual function. Here's the deal. If you're paying attention to the assignments that God has given you, you are fulfilling your ministry. Um, if you're bearing fruit, you're engaged in ministry. We need to learn what our spiritual gifts are, and we need to learn what our calling is. By the way, the Greek word for calling is the, is the same word that's interchangeable with invitation. So calling and invitation are the same. And one of the things that I'm, you know, there you won't just have all the people in scripture that we see like a long life of they don't have one calling they have seasonal callings joseph had seasonal callings he's called to be a son he was called to be, he was called to be a servant a slave a prisoner and be a good and good steward in all of these things and then the second-in-command of Egypt. And it didn't end there because he was still a husband and a father. And his good fathering is what contributed to 12 tribes of... (laughs) It's Ephraim and Manasseh, not Joseph, you know? And so... There, there's, we have multiple callings and sometimes you have more than one calling in a you can have a micro calling and a macro calling and, and all of that, but, but I just wanna kind of pop that thing that feels like, oh, finding out what my calling is is like this super intimidating deal. But again, so, so we need to learn what our spiritual gifts are. We need to learn what our gifts are and our talents and we need to learn what our calling is in each season and begin to exercise them. We also need to develop a servant's willingness to do what's needed, so that the work of our hands can glorify the Lord. You know the, the this whole thing of ministry. There are real key components of it, like we do need to be sharing our faith. One of the one of the best things about discipleship. So I'm not naturally an evangelist, which I'm. Uh, I'm not naturally bold and. There are people who who are about that, and I'm 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 not. Um, <laughs> but when I was discipling, when I when I dis, when I disciple people, when I'm faithful to that, and I haven't been doing a great job of that in the last. In fact, it's like been my 20 you know 2020 I was so selfish and singular focused on how do I survive this year that I totally lost track of it and so this is like conviction I am so excited to get back in it because as I've was quarantining and remembering oh man that is what life is about like that's when that's when I'm thriving and other and I'm my ministry is better (laughs) Is when I'm when I'm discipling people, but one of the in college, I got better at speaking to random people about the Lord. Because I had to disciple people about it. Like, it was like, it was like okay, we, we gotta talk about this evangelism thing, and we're at Starbucks, and so should we, is there anybody we, you know, and just, the, but that's not all that ministry, there are, that, that is a component of ministry, and we need to learn and grow. Do you, you know, have you pro- thought about your testimony? Asking questions like this. When we ask questions in this series, we're, these are questions that you can ask yourself and ask other people. Have you thought about your testimony? What is it? What's the elevator pitch of the testimony? And uh, ha- have you thought about, have you started training your mind to catch opportunities to share your faith? Or a kingdom principle, which is oftentimes more powerful than sharing your faith. If you can share a kingdom principle with a coworker or an employee or whatever. to Are you identifying those things? Um, are you looking for opportunities uh, to share the good news with non-believers? That's part of ministry. Also part of ministry is... Are you, doing, are you spending time listening to the Lord on what your assignments are? Do you know what your assignment is in this season, in your job, in your, and are you doing it? Are you keeping books with all your heart? Are you um, doing the best at sales that you can? Are you being, um, you know, are you a CEO? All equally valid ministries. Are all these things, work can be ministry. And not just because you're telling people about Jesus, but because you're fulfilling the call of God on your life. Um, Being a parent is a ministry. It's probably the biggest ministry. I remember my mom, she told me when we were, this is, mom passed away in 2012. And when I was, it was like 2010, we were, in the car together and I just remember she said, you know, I always wanted to go do missions like you're going to do. And she goes, but I raised four kids and, and those are my disciples and you guys are going to change the world. You know, and that's how I changed the world. And man, I got two brothers and a sister that love Jesus and are changing the world by changing the communities that they're involved in and um, so ministry is is just that i love that definition because it takes away this thing of like this pressure of like you know i'm i'm uh, while we need to grow and stretch in things we're not good at evangelism sharing the gospel all these things it's not that that is not the only definition of ministry and so, uh, being faithful to the call of God on your life. So, um, these are—I think that's it. That, yeah, these are the que- <laughs> these are the questions, and these are the topics. Again, just r- it was um, what were the two? That, f- faith, character, finances, relationships, and ministry. These are top. This is the a, a framework from which you can. Start discipling people. And honestly, if I can say anything in the last two minutes about discipleship, the best discipleship that, that you can participate in is authenticity. It's just authentic. It's being, it's celebrating. I remember Papa Don um, sharing, like, if you see something, I, I used to be so afraid to, to like, I would never have told some of the stories I just told in this session because it's like, I don't want to like lose my reward and I don't want to be thought of. And I remember Papa Don going, you know, if you see something godly in me, good, praise God. I'm older than you and I should be, you know, walking with it, you know, whatever. And I just remember thinking, oh, that's good. The, you know, we ought to think of ourselves. Paul doesn't say think less of yourself than other people. Think of, think how, you, you know, how you ought to think of yourself compared to other people. And not that we're comparing ourselves, but it, my point is um, authenticity includes the weak spots because I can, I just with the positive testimonies that I can share, I can share far more negative things that I've walked through. The anger, the, the um, you know, and, and Emily could stand up here and nod her head about a lot of them. The anger, the, you know, 2020, uh, revealed how poor of a businessman I really <laughs> was and all these lessons that, that, but what's the the best discipleship is this authenticity because if if you can't share what's really going on, um, you can't get truth spoken to you. And the best way to, to invite other people to do that is to share what's really going on. Like, I was really bad at these. I mean, you know, the Lord gave me five things in 2020, like major words of improvement, you know, major ones of discipline, you know, you know, lack of faithfulness, I'll say, (laughs) in him, to, to him. Five specific things that caused us to struggle in 2020. And I could name them, but for the sake of time, I won't. But we can talk about it later. But if, but if, when you can share those things the struggles and the victories openly that's when people can speak into you that's also when you're you're giving other people an invitation to be open because that is one thing this authentic this, this lack of authenticity and lack of transparency is is kind of it's the it's one of the biggest tools the enemy uses to keep us from these from progress in these relationships is it's I'm I'm afraid to be known I'm afraid to I want to sound like I I you know and and that's coming from a guy who really did was a, a like a know-it-all you know was in that 10 percent like don't talk to me about you know m- 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 I, I, you can, don't talk to me about improve what I can improve on I you know whatever and so I just if I can if I can encourage you with anything in your discipling relationships it's be authentic. Share your victories. Share your challenges. Uh, one of the most encouraging things from this last C twelve deal was a, a new guy, a brand. This meeting that we have. So you're in a room with a bunch of CEOs and a, a guest visitor. We're sharing prayer requests at the beginning, and he's like, "My daughter is trans," and. Amy is now going by Andrew. And it was, and, it, and you know, there's kind of this awkward, like, silence of how do we, and, and he apologized, and I, like, jumped in. I was like, please don't apologize. What you've just done is, like, created an environment for the rest of today to be amazing. And so be authentic in your discipling relationships. And I know that Keith said last week that we can post the framework, the notes, from this class, from the five cups of discipleship online for for you to take home. But I'm excited. I think that that is something that New River has and can do that is very different as we're not just gonna talk about discipleship and go make disciples, but we wanna like hold each other accountable to do it because that's how we're gonna transform communities. Whether there's thousands of people that go to church or not, they're most of the time, that's not going, I mean, it's gonna be the case. We can transform the world by transforming two, three people around us. So I'm gonna pray and we'll be done. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. And Lord, we just say that we love you and we like you. You are, you are good. Father, I pray that as we seek out, as we're walking around and the things that you've called us to do, the the spheres that you have us in, would you give us eyes to see those relationships that we might take to the next level through discipleship? I pray that you would also, as we walk these relationships out, would you make us better? sons and daughters and fathers and mothers and husbands and wives and business leaders and employees and just make us better children of you, Father. And I pray that we would see your power in these relationships. And um, we love you, God, we honor you. And I do thank you that you were never, you're never done with us. Until you take us home, that you are always working out our salvation. So we we just I, I bless all the things in this room that need healing, all the areas of our hearts or physical or the or the or, and even the clans represented in this room, the families that need you. We just lift them to you, Lord. I ask that you do a mighty work. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys.